Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Well, Eddie Rosario hit three home runs on Sunday. And I still beat Scott White's team, which, of course, had Eddie Rosario. Uh I I don't usually brag, but I'm feeling good right now. I had a big win in that podcast league. And... Heath is on the show today, and Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you join in now. We scammed him last week. A beat a seven three beatdown, baby. It's a very good showing for you in both <laughs> of the podcasts at least. Me, not so much. I'm more disappointed in the loss in the original podcast league to you I don't blame because you. I was crushing you. I don't blame you. Into sun. It, it was tough. I thought it was over. I didn't even bother to check all day. I know. It was tough for me because I, I needed to root for the Red Sox to beat up Charlie Morton to get the win. And I put fantasy before reality. Uh, Heath, how you doing? Good morning. Sorry about scamming you. I didn't even notice. Yeah, I spent sure. the weekend in the Keys. I come back and see that we're still way ahead of you in the standings. Anything can happen over one week. Your team's awful. <laughs> You're living in the past, buddy. All right. Welcome to... uh Week 11, week 10, week 11, depending on how you've done it. Guys, it's not, it's not early anymore. It's something that kind of dawned on me. Uh, especially if you have playoffs and you start in week 20 or week 21 or something like that. I mean, you gotta make your move now, guys, if you're struggling. So we're gonna help people out. Uh, we're gonna talk about who we added and dropped. We're gonna do a little trade talk today. Recap the weekend. The most added list. Two star pitchers. Uh, Scott, why don't you give me a, a weekend standout? Weekend standout. I mean, let's start with Eddie Rosario, right? The guy whose three home runs weren't enough to stave off your surging comeback. Um, three home runs. And, like, I don't think there's any reason to doubt his greatness anymore. Last 365 days, Chris dropped this stat for Jose Ramirez. Uh, the end of last week. I think it's, I think it's a useful stat I'm going to drop a few times for other players today. For Eddie Rosario, last 365 days, 309 batting average, 35 home runs, 40 doubles, 103 RBI, and even 13 stolen bases, just for good measure. He's really good. He is, but he does it in such a frustrating way. He just, he, he's a roller coaster. He's had, he's had two unbelievable weeks with combined 102 fantasy points in two weeks. He's had a 23 point week, and really the rest have been kind of bad. Uh, so. Does that, does that bother you? He doesn't you? walk. He doesn't walk. So in points leagues, that's, you know, and, and, you know, not every hitter is going to hit his over 300 every week, right? Sure. Uh, so when he doesn't and there's no walks to kind of fill in the gaps, uh, those 12 to 15 point weeks for somebody like Carlos Santana become like a six or seven point week for somebody like Eddie Rosario. And that's a little frustrating. Yeah. But. At the same time, good is good. All right. Well, he's a top 10 outfielder right now. He's ninth in points and fifth in Roto. Heath, give me a weekend standout. There are a lot of guys that I want to talk about, but let's talk about Matt Olson, who I I know a lot of people were saying he's got positive regression coming. It was amazing how low his home run total was. Looking at his batted ball profile, well, he hit three of them over the weekend, drove in eight runs against the Royals. Over the last 365 days, he's still only played 130 games. But he has 36 home runs. He's on a 45 homer pace. And I believe it. Uh, who is this? Yeah, Matt Olson. Matt Olson's played that many games. I thought he was at one, like 120. That's why I got confused. Because yeah, he may be at one. Yeah, yeah, okay. he is at 119. Well, that's fine. But you know, and you know has what's 36 home runs in 119 games. It's I know even better than I said. And we can compare last year to this year for Matt Olson because he's played basically the same amount of games. He played 60 last year and 59 this year. Actually, flip it. 59 last year, 60 this year. So here are the comparisons. 248 this year, 259 last year. 12 homers this year, 24 homers last year. He does have 10 more doubles in 60 games this year. compared to only two doubles last year. He has 12 this year. Walk-to-strikeout ratio is, is very, very similar. The RBIs are way down, 29 this year, tw- uh, 45 last year. Yeah, Heath, we kind of talked about him on the uh, Thursday show, the buy low, sell high show, and he was 
crushing the ball. So good stuff for Matt Olson. I, I guess that he, means he's he, still crushing the ball. This time he got the good results. Yeah. You know, you just go to Kansas City, but a little more friendly hitters park to get your home run totals right. So how is the keys? Yeah, that's what it's known for. Kansas City, hitter friendly. How was the keys, Heath? Uh, they were fantastic. Went uh, to Bahia Honda, one of my favorite state parks in the state of Florida. Went all the way down to Key West and walked around for a few hours. Uh, went to the Florida Keys Brewing Company. It was it was wonderful. Good. I'm I'm hope you're hope you're refreshed. Uh, I want to talk about Carlos Carrasco. He did not have a nice little weekend vacation in the Keys. He's got a 4.50 ERA now. Gave up six earned runs uh, on seven hits in three and two thirds at the Twins on Friday. And 73 strikeouts in 76 innings, 11 home runs already allowed for Carlos Carrasco. This is two terrible starts in a row. The three starts before this two terrible start stretch for Carrasco, uh, pretty good. Eight earned runs over 23 and a third with 24 strikeouts, four walks. I, I don't know, guys. Um, I'm not. I'm not not concerned about Carlos Carrasco. How about you? Not not concerned. <laughs> yeah, strong take there. I'm not quite going to say I'm concerned, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm two starts I'm not... ago he had his usual 360 ish ERA. Yeah, but I want better than that. I mean, this is a guy that I thought could have like a 310 ERA and have his true breakout season and be a, a true ace. Well, if you drafted him expecting that, I think it's kind of your own fault. No, I, like I don't he's, think he's so. He's good enough. He's good enough as who he is. I mean, he, he like, was, you know, he was like basically back to back with J- Jacob Degrom in the rankings, and I specifically remember the league that I have Carrasco in. It was down to those two pitchers. It was our auction. I think Scott, you got Degrom, right in that league mm-hmm. Memorial. Or I'm no? not sure. Okay, and and I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. I was like, but damn it! Like, now I gotta like get Carrasco. Just Degrom has majorly exceeded expectations. Doesn't mean you have to hold Carlos Carrasco. I like, I get it. If he ends the season on with a 4.50 ERA. It'll be disappointing. But after two of his worst starts of the season, to say, like, I think it stands to reason his ERA is going to be a little inflated. Yeah. So it's nothing to you guys? I mean, the strikeout rate is down a little, but, like, he still had his big strikeout games. I think the swinging strike rate is still normal. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's not it's enough down. here. There's not enough red flags to raise real concern in me. All right. Hard contact rate is up, um, but it's all it's the same. His peripherals look very similar to 2016. He had 332 ERA that year. All right, that's Carlos yeah, Carrasco. I mean, it's to what Scott was saying. He has a 12.8 percent swinging strike rate this year. His career is 12 percent. He's got, and even with the strikeouts, he's got a career 24.1 percent strikeout percentage. He's at 23.4 percent. So, I'm not worried. Okay. So, any interesting ad drops that can help the people? I think I added somebody that you added in a different league, and I wrote about him in Waiver Wire today. Ben Zobrist is just absolutely on fire. And looking at his peripherals, it looks pretty legit. He's walking more than he's striking out. He makes almost no soft contact at all. He's still not going to play every game every week, but I think he's going to play five games a week, and I think he's going to lead off most of those games. He should be owned in most leagues. I picked up John Ryan Murphy in a couple leagues. Uh Deeper leagues or two catcher leagues. Alex Avila has been a bust free agent signing for the Diamondbacks. He hasn't taken to the humidor so well. And so he's kind of become the backup there to John Ryan Murphy, who's suddenly up to 10 home runs, I believe, with really high fly ball rate. Big change, big departure from earlier in his career. Uh, seems to be a fly ball revolution guy. He's getting a lot of power out of that new launch angle. And uh, I think at a thin position, he is now flirting with top 15 status. I also added Ian Kinsler in a couple leagues where I needed a second baseman. Or Actually, I lost Mookie Betts in, in one of the leagues where I lost Mookie Betts. He's, I'm not going to be able to start him this week because he's on the DL. Uh, I'm moving Whit Merrifield to the outfield and I'm filling in and using Ian Kinsler to fill in at second base. He hit... Uh, like three home runs over the weekend, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, Kinsler's And it's just well. been hot in general. And I feel like, you know, the, 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 the hard contact percentage is one of the highest he's ever had. He's been hitting a lot of line drives. He's striking out less than he did pretty much ever. Like, I, I don't see this as an age-related thing for Kinsler. I think it was just a slow start and he's starting to come around. 
So who would you guys rather have, Ben Zobrist, who's 41% owned, or Ian Kinsler, who's like 66% owned? I probably think Kinsler. Say, you'd say Kinsler? I think I think I probably would. Like there are definitely situations because of Zobrist's outfield eligibility where I'd be adding Zobrist instead of Kinsler. But if it's yeah. just for a spot at second base, I think I'd take Kinsler. Yeah, like the playing time is clearer there, and they're they're both better in points leagues because Kinsler hardly strikes out and Zobrist walks a ton. But they're they're useful in both right now. Yeah, I added Zobris in a 14-team points league. I did want to talk about him. So he's 41% owned. He's one game away from first base eligibility for what that's worth. So right now he's eligible at second outfield, middle infield. He's almost eligible at first and corner infield. Uh Yeah, he, he doesn't play every day, but when he does play, Ben Zobris leads off. So that helps make up for some of those lost at-bats. And he's got an 860 OPS. His OPS in the three previous seasons, 809, 831, and 693. The problem with Zobris is much of that OPS is is walking, is OBP. He's obviously not going to hit a lot of home runs. He doesn't steal bases. He's kind of a points league guy. But right it while it's hot. And also Addison Russell is a little banged up. He's probably going to miss three or four days or you know, two or three days. So that's going to help Zobris stay in the lineup. I don't – honestly, I don't – I might drop him next week. I don't know but because I don't – you know, he's not that great. But for now, if you need a second baseman, Zobris and Kinsler are doing great. Um, I added – Eloy Jimenez and Fran Mil Reyes in a 12-team Roto League, one for some immediate help, one as a stash. And, guys, I traded Vladimir Guerrero. We should talk about this because he's still not up. Josh Donaldson's on the DL. Donaldson could miss the minimum, but it's a calf injury. This is his third year in a row dealing with calf issues. They seem that they really want Guerrero to improve his defense. They don't want him to just come up in DH. Um, so, you know, I, I did trade him. I traded him and Ross Stripling for Noah Syndergaard. Um, I mean, easy call. Yeah, and that, yeah like, that, you clearly won that deal. That was proposed to me. As excited, oh really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. As excited as I am about Vladimir Guerrero's prospects, and that he needs to be stashed virtually every league. Um, like if you get a chance at a true stud like Noah Syndergaard without giving one up in a in a redraft league, you absolutely do that. But. But gosh, when are they going to call up Vladimir Guerrero? Like <laughs> he is, he is just destroying it. I think he's, I think he's going to be a big impact player. I mean, I can't see him struggling at this point. Can you? I mean, okay, like yes, it could happen. But I'm, I'm not, I'm betting on him being very good when he comes up. Oh yeah, he's, he's still. I mean, he's still young and inexperienced enough to where a struggle at the start or just slightly above average performance at the start would not be a surprise at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Bregman. I, I do like the def- defensive issue. I think a lot of that's just like we're to the point now, early June, where if you haven't called him up yet, you might as well just wait a couple more weeks to make sure you're in the clear as far as Super 2 status goes. And there isn't – this comes up every year. There isn't like a set date where once this date is passed – the guy is not going to get that Super 2 status attached to him. That's not something we don't find out the exact date until years from now. So it's a, it's a lot of guesswork goes into that uh, when the season's unfolding. But they might as well wait at this point. Like, I don't know that his future is really at third base. He probably, I, I think he ends up in the outfield like his dad long term, just because he's not great defensively there. Uh, but it like with the shoulder issues Donaldson's had this year, with the calf issues he's had, like it would kind of make sense once Donaldson's healthy, which shouldn't be too long, um, that the two would alternate between third base and DH for a while. And uh, if if Guerrero doesn't take to it, then maybe they transition him to the outfield this off season. Like I ultimately, I don't think that's going to hold keep him out of the majors. Yeah, it's, you know, the thought maybe he would be coming up after Donaldson goes on the DL, but not the case, not yet anyway. So I guess it wasn't really a big ad drop weekend, not uh... Well, I've got, I've got one more guy okay. that I think we and, should be a lot more excited about. And so do I. I wonder if it's the same one. Go ahead. I, I don't know. I'll just try Wait, to... Wait, let's say it. Let's, not... let's count to three. No, I was going to not use his name, and I was going to use numbers to see if I could get you excited before I gave you his name. All right, all right. Uh, 23-year-old. 12 stolen bases already this year, 46% hard contact rate, 22% line drive rate, and he had six hits over the weekend. Wow. Hmm. No. That guy sounds 
He only strikes out 13% of the time to go along with it. Gosh, my guy's a pitcher, so <laughs> so no. Scott, does that sound like the profile of a player you would get excited about? Is there zero power? Because you didn't mention any power-related stat. Uh, there is not a lot of power, um, but it's a 46% hard contact rate. It's hard to not have any power yeah. when you hit the ball that hard. Who the hell has 12 steals that I can't think of? Yeah. It's not Michael uh, Taylor. Well, I mean, obviously is it the Michael Taylor? steals would make a player like that useful, is regardless it, the of power. Eight of those steals came in AAA. Oh, oh. you jerk. It's oh, I know who it is. It's Dustin Fowler. Dustin Fowler. And he's just kind of under the radar because he's hitting 241. Because somehow a player that hits the ball as hard as he does and has his speed has a 234 BABIP. Okay. It, it makes no, his BABIP should be 100 points higher. Boy, yeah. man, if only everybody could play the Royals pitching staff every week. Uh, all these A's <laughs> doing well. All right, so I just want to see, if is he playing every day, Dustin Fowler? Not quite. Not quite. But it would seem like there's an easy path to that. Yeah, it's getting um, close. I'll tell you what. He hasn't started against the left-hander yet. Would so that's you discouraging? Would you drop Delino DeShilds as we called him last week for Dustin Fowler? DeShilds has been so bad. Now he's batted ninth each of the last two games. I would not drop him. I still believe that he's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, that he's a safer steal source, but I do think Dustin Fowler has a higher ceiling. All right, my guy was uh, unavailable in my leagues, but I th- if Marco Gonzalez is out there, like you got to get him, right? He's sixty-seven percent owned. Marco Gonzalez been very good. Yeah, his last three starts have been tremendous, and like I, I don't have as much faith as others that this is like totally legit. But there, there are reasons why you, it makes sense to believe in him. Obviously, a great walk rate. The strikeout rate, despite a low swinging strike rate, is pretty good. He's a decent ground ball pitcher. Um, it's it's a lot of like it's it's a situation where he's above average at a lot of things. So hopefully that adds up to a good fantasy option. And lately that's been the case. All right, that is Marco Gonzalez. Let's take a look at the most added list. Who the people are adding? Brandon Nimmo. He stole a base over the weekend and just been. Outstanding. Um, uh, look, it looks like the strikeouts are piling up, piling up lately, but that's, you know, he's a good walk guy too. Alright, Brandon Nimmo's number one. Nimmo is 76% owned. Nathan or Nate Evaldi is a two-star pitcher. He is 55% owned. Joe Musgrove, you might have missed your chance. He's now 70, excuse me, 79% owned. Max Stassi is 37% owned and Ross Stripling is Fifth on the most added list, he is now up to 91% owned. Nimmo, Evaldi, Musgrove, Stassi, and Stripling, and then John Ryan Murphy are your top six. We have two catchers in there, we have an outfielder, and we have two starting, three starting pitchers. Thoughts on that group, guys? Uh, well, I had talked about John Ryan Murphy, but I was adding Max Stassi before him. Because I, I think, like, I think he's just a good hitter. I think while McCann's out, he's probably one of the best you could do with that weak position. What happens? Is Max Muncy not on the list? Yeah, no, he's seventh. We'll get to him in a okay. second. Sorry. What happens when McCann comes back, though? Is Stassi going to be useless? I wouldn't say useless. He wasn't useless before McCann went down, frankly, but it was useful in a like a Luke, uh, Luke Malley sort of way. Maley, Luke yeah, Maley so. sort of way, where. Getting slightly less than 50% of the starts there, but with a good OPS and, you know, in two catcher leagues, that's still useful. If, as long as he hits, and, and Stassi obviously was. So how would you rank the pitchers, Heath? Evaldi, Musgrove, Stripling? Uh, Stripling would be my favorite for sure in a league where Sparp doesn't matter. Musgrove over Evaldi for sure. I think they're all interesting ads, and Evaldi's having two starts this week definitely helps. Uh, in a points league, especially if I had a weak second reliever, I might make Musgrove my top priority. Okay. And uh, we've got Max Muncy. You want to talk about him, Heath? He double-donged over the weekend. It was at Colorado, so it doesn't count. But still been very good. Max Muncy is 36% owned. 
Yeah, we were talking about Max Muncy last week before he went to Colorado, so we don't have to rely on what he did in Colorado to uh, to hype him up. I just, like, it doesn't totally make sense looking at his track record, what he's doing, but if you look at the peripherals of what he's done so far this year, there's not a whole lot to question. He does not really swing and miss very often at all. He's making good, excellent quality contact, other than the fact the line drive rate's a little bit low, but he hits a ton of fly balls hitting the ball like Fowler extremely hard. And he's got first, third, and outfield eligibility. So I think he should be owned in pretty much all Roto Leagues. I'm just going to give you guys a few more names from the most added list and tell me how interested you are in adding them. Danny Duffy. Not really. That's probably just a two-star thing, and if I'm not trusting him in a two-star week. 70% owned. No, that's about right. Uh, Frankie Montas for Oakland. <clears throat> the most interesting thing about him is that um, he's relief pitcher eligible, but he would be behind Joe Musgrove on that list for me, and I'm not totally convinced that his two awesome starts were a sign of things to come. No. Harrison Bader, 20% of He's kind I, of in that outfield rotation role that both Nemo and Austin Meadows are in, and he's clearly the worst of the three, I think. I did think it was interesting they sent O'Neal back down and left him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have to be a pretty deep five outfielder league for me to be interested in. All right, one more deeply guy. Yairo Munoz playing shortstop for St. Louis, 11% owned. I just don't see it. I know he had a big game the end of last week, but to me, he doesn't profile as a plus offensive player. Yeah, I, I wrote about him last week actually as a deep lead ad. That was when he was 2% owned. He may still be just a little bit under-owned, and it, it was more than a big week. He had a, a seven or eight game hitting streak, and he had a 10 game stretch where he had like 18 hits or something, so he's shortstop. And so in an NL only league, in a 16-team or deeper league, I think there's probably a spot for him. All right, Yairo Munoz playing shortstop while Paul DeYoung is out for the Cardinals. Time for the big news. Josh Donaldson's on the DL with a calf injury. Clayton Kershaw is going to miss more than a month with a back strain. Brandon Belt is out about three weeks after having an appendectomy. J.D. Martinez left with back spasms. It was precautionary. Chris Archer left with groin tightness and might miss his next start, so you might not want to start Chris Archer this week. Unfortunately, uh, Jake Arietta does not like the Philadelphia Phillies defensive shifts. Boy, Jake Arietta was very mad yesterday, guys. <laughs> this was the second pitcher. We saw Jason Hamill do this a, a week or two before, and he's not good, so nobody noticed. But th- there is there's some some blowback from starting pitchers over this. It seems. This you know be- the Jake Arietta I remember. Didn't have to worry about defensive shifts <laughs> because he wasn't relying on balls in play. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Jakey. Might yeah. want to think about that. Strike story. some guys out for once. Mike Trout day-to-day with a knee injury does not seem like a big deal. Uh, Chelsea James of the Washington Post said a scout told her that Daniel Murphy looked gimpy in his rehab. And, and so things are going very well for Adam Eaton, who might even be activated this week. But not so well right now for Daniel Murphy. We should get an update on that pretty soon, I think. Uh, it, kind of a CBS Sports thing here. I, I have Fernando Romero on a few teams. I don't see any baseballs next to his name. Is Fernando, Fernando Romero making starts this week? Because I, I thought he was a two-star pitcher. Uh, when I was looking at it yesterday afternoon, it looked like he was a two-star pitcher, yes. So okay. that might... I went searching yesterday afternoon because I saw the same thing you did, Adam, and could not see anything indicating he was not making a start. So, Okay, so I'm, I'm going to assume that Fernando Romero is making two, at least one, but I thought two starts this week. Yeah, I think he's in line for two. There was a question going into the weekend uh, because they have a double header, I believe. Ah, uh, that's probably but, what it is, yeah. The double header I think it's, thing. I think he's going to make two starts. All right, Noah Syndergaard could start against the Yankees. I just traded for him, and I'm sitting him, not because he's facing the Yankees, but because I'm just, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that, that Noah Syndergaard is going to come off the DL this weekend. He's supposed to come off the DL Tuesday. They pushed it back. He's probably going to pitch. You could probably start Syndergaard. I'm going to leave him on the DL for one more week. Maybe I'm an idiot. 
I look, I'm in a 24 team league. I'm doing the same thing. I'm starting Derek Rodriguez over him. Oh, wow. I nice start yesterday for the Giants and is actually the son of Yvonne Rodriguez. Yeah. We think he stays in the rotation with Matt. Yeah, I, don't see, back? I don't see who would replace him. Well, Madison Bumgarner. Uh, well, even if they it, Madison Bumgarner gives them four, I think without Rodriguez. Let me let me double check that. Okay, yeah, because Samarj is on the DL. Yeah, yeah Madison Bumgarner um, would give them four, and then they'd still need a fifth. Speaking of which, that'd be Rodriguez. Bumgarner is going to start tomorrow against Arizona, and you should be able to start him because he's, his pitch limit is about ninety pitches, so it should be good to go. And Yadier Molina expected to return on Tuesday. And I got I got a couple questions for you out there, people. Who doesn't appreciate a good shave? I certainly do. Who, maybe Heath, because he has that beard. Who doesn't appreciate buying razors and razor blades at a great price? Well, with Harry's Razors, you've got the best of both worlds. You can get a trial offer for free at harrys.com slash fbt. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash fbt. So there's no reason not to do this, guys. Go there right now. $13 value for free. All you have to do is go to harrys.com slash fbt and click redeem trial, and you are on your way to... A great shave at not just a great price, but completely free. And then you're going to be hooked on Harry's razors because they are awesome. I use my Harry's razor all the time. It's great. It's a close, comfortable shave. I mean, I'm not trying to say this is revolutionizing shaving, but it's it's the best shave I've had. And it's free. Try it for free. And then once you're done with the trial, you get really good deals. They charge $2 a blade. You go to a store, you're paying four or more. For a, for a blade. Four bucks or more for a blade. They're cutting that in half. And I just, I appreciate Harry's. They understand that razor blades and razors, they're so overpriced. Doesn't have to be that way. So your trial set includes a weighted ergonomic handle, five blade razor with a lubricating, lubricating strip, excuse me, and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel. I love the shave gel. So good. A travel blade cover. I'm telling you, this is a no brainer. Go there right now. Our listeners can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash fbt. Harrys.com slash FBT to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you, and that will help support the show. Again, it's Harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash FBT. Anything big in the bullpen, Justin Anderson got a save for the Angels yesterday. I'm not sure that Blake Parker was available. Do we have a feeling on who we think the Angels closer is? I would guess it's Parker. He blew a save the day before, but not in particularly concerning fashion. He should have been rested enough to pitch yesterday. It's not like he threw a lot of pitches. But he pitched Friday I just, as well. I, I just think I just think Mike Sosha just wants to keep trying new people in the role until he finds somebody he's comfortable with going forward. It seemed like, by the way, Anderson, he walked three in that outing, but he was getting squeezed. Like, he got the first two outs quickly, and then he walked three straight. Uh, but it could have, it could have turned out very differently for him in a good way i mean yeah so yeah. i i don't think this even though it was a shaky inning i don't think it eliminates him from contention uh mark melanson made his debut and struck out three he struck out the side in one inning against the phillies that was on in the seventh inning so we'll have to keep an eye on that uh it kind of looks like nate jones and ryan tapera were used like closers over the weekend even though they didn't get saves uh, you had stinking Ken Giles come in in a non-save situation and get knocked around. You had Jose Alvarado. They may have tried to use him for a two-inning save, but he gave up two runs, one earned uh, in one inning in the eighth on Sunday. That was considered a blown save. Hector Neris pitched the seventh. Cody Allen struggled, and Bud, Nor- Bud Norris has been struggling a little bit. He's given up four runs in his last five appearances. Heath, any, anything? Um, I said a lot of stuff there. Anything that you think really stands out bullpen wise? I don't really know that there is. Like Hector Neris is going to be used in a lot of different ways, and he's not been particularly good in several of them. But I still think there's about a fifty-five, forty-five chance when there's a save opportunity that he's going to get it. I don't have any idea what the Rays are going to do with their closer situation. That might have been the most interesting because Alvarado was the guy most people seem to be speculating on. And this was not a good outing from him. Okay. All right. Come on, Bud Norris. You got to turn it around here. So let's, let's talk about some of the pitchers and some more hitters from over the weekend. We'll do a little trade segment here. Buy low, sell high, and then a drop segment. I just got 
two guys uh, for buy low. Would you buy low on either of these two Yankees? If they even are buy lows. I mean, I think they are. Sonny Gray, six innings, one run, six strikeouts at Baltimore on Friday. And Masahiro Tanaka, who's basically helping you in everything except for ERA. He's got a good whip, gets strikeout per inning. He's 7-2. and two. But he's got a 4.79 ERA, and he's just he's too homer prone. There's there's no doubt. Yeah, that is that is an understatement. I think it's like a 45 homer pace against him. Jeez, right now, which is absurd for a pitcher who's supposed to be that good. Um, but I mean, there's enough of a track record there, and and obviously the bat missing ability still looks like it's intact. I would be willing to buy low on Tanaka much more so than than Gray. I do think they're both technically buy low candidates, but Gray is in the way that I've been saying Danny Duffy is, where like his owner is probably so close to dropping him, and you would be close to dropping him too if he was on your roster, that I'm not really sure what the incentive is to trade for him. Yeah, I'm not going to give up a player that's on my roster for Sonny Gray. I just offered you a Sonny Gray trade, Heath. You did, right? As we speak. Yeah, it's it's out there. I'm I'm offering you something to get Sonny Gray from you. What league is this in? This is the podcast league. I'll tell you what the trade is. I'm sure it's wonderful. It is my Justin Smoke, Miguel Sano, and Zach Godley for your Sonny Gray, and the other guy doesn't really matter. You get you Paul, get smoke. Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt. I actually saw that offer. I didn't know it was from you. I just kind of rolled my eyes and assumed it was one of the owners in the league that makes a bunch of offers and doesn't ever get a deal done. And it was. It just turns out it was one of the people that's on the podcast too. <laughs> I haven't made any. I've only made like two offers this year. They were both last night. I'm trying to. I'm trying to upgrade first base. No, I'm that, giving that, you guys. Was that, that, that Cindergard offer he got emboldened him? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'll get I'll get uh, Paul Goldschmidt from you. All right, John Lester and Michael Waka and Mike. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about Waka. He almost threw a no hitter. And Mike Fultonevich, um, are they legit or are they sell highs? John Lester, uh, Michael Waka, and Mike Fultonevich. What do you think, guys? I'd probably try to sell all three of them high. John Lester, Michael Waka, and Mike Fultonevich. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean. They're all, I, I, I'm to the point where they're, they're all good. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine just owning them, starting them, writing it out, whatever. But I think in all three instances, they're more likely to take a step back than a step forward or even stay exactly where they are. Um, all three are coming off, well, certainly Fultonevich and Walker are coming off their best starts of the season. So that's always a good time to try shopping a player. It's just, it's a case where I'd want to emphasize the high and sell high. Like, don't do anything stupid just because you want to get rid of this guy before he gets worse. So with who do you like better, first of all, Waka or Fultonevich? Fultonevich. Waka. Fultonevich is like it's one of those situations where I keep harping on the lack of swinging strikes, and I may be missing the forest for the trees because his K per nine is phenomenal. And not every pitcher needs a lot of swinging strikes to get strikeouts. Swinging strikes almost always lead to strikeouts, and they certainly validate strikeouts. But a guy, we're, we're a third of the way through the season, and a guy has a 2.22 ERA and 10.4 strikeouts per nine. You know? Yeah, I just that's true. It's just that, like, looking if you don't want to compare Fulton Evich's swinging strike rate to what everyone else is doing and how it relates to strikeouts, I think you would still want to go back to his career and how it's related to his strikeouts. And this is his lowest mark in swinging strikes since 2015. And he's not struck out more than a batter per inning in any year before this one. Okay. So it's not just, it's not just out of the ordinary compared to the rest of baseball. If he was a guy that could get a lot of strikeouts without swinging strikes, I would think he would have illustrated that at some point. It's, uh, I wonder how, because Fangraphs measure swinging strikes differently than baseball reference. Looking at his baseball reference swinging strike rate, it's basically exactly the same the last four years, including this year, which maybe doesn't defeat your point. Um, but, like, something different is going on here. I can't determine what it is from the numbers, but I just think it's been long enough that, I don't know, 
I'm getting it's it's getting a little tiresome poo pooing it. Are you ready to drop the following pitchers? Is enough enough already? Luis Castillo, Michael Fulmer, yeah. Chase Anderson. Would you drop any of those three? Luis Castillo, Michael Fulmer, and Chase Anderson. I'll say no, yes, yes. I don't really want to drop Chase Anderson, but I could definitely see a situation where I where I might. I'd go no, yes, yes also, but I'd be more likely to drop Anderson than Fulmer. Uh, there's nothing to like about Anderson. I mean, 39 strikeouts in 60 and two-thirds. Unless I have that wrong. I, I mean, I feel like that stat is so shocking that am I wrong about his strikeout rate? Do you know, you know what his whole, in, his entire 2017 season deserves? It deserves a full juice. Yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh, yeah. Chase Anderson. Yeah, 39 strikeouts at 60 and two thirds. He's now 79% owned, so it's down from 82%. So look, there are people out there that you need to get. I mean, Anderson's an easy guy to drop at this point. We wanted to wait because the velocity ticked back up. I guess he somewhat disagrees on the whole easy thing, you know. He's not an easy drop, but you could drop him. Uh, Alright, well anyway, tell you one thing I'm not dropping is the draft app. Guess who won on the draft app last week? This guy. Fortunes are turning in the other direction. Alright, draft app's awesome. Listen, you got a team that you don't love right now? Or you got a lot of teams that you do like and you want to play more. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I'd, I'd like to draft a whole new team right now. You can do that every single day as often as you want on the draft app. Make sure you use our promo code FB today when you sign up on draft. When you do that, when you use the code FB today, you will get a free entry into a real money baseball draft. You will also be following me at, uh, Big Kane 2, Big Kane 2, uh, Big Kane, C-A-N-E 2. On the draft app, we can compete against each other. I'm still playing, just about every day. I'm still loving it. I'm still going to put out drafts uh, that the listeners can can join me in, and hopefully uh, I will beat you. But in all likelihood, you'll probably beat me. Play for a buck, and it's really fun. It's daily fantasy, but it's not the salary cap stuff. It's snake drafts with other people, just like in your season long leagues. It combines the two greatest things in the world: fantasy baseball and snake drafts. There you go. Use the promo code FB today when you sign up on draft. The promo code again is FB today. And I will whoop your butt. Alright, any other hitters you guys want to talk about? Uh, we, we covered Olsen, we covered Muncie, Fowler. How about David Peralta? He's homered in three straight games, all against Miami. He's 64% owned. Do you see a need to add David Peralta? I mean, he's fine in five outfielder leagues. He always has been. I don't think the homering in three straight games changes anything. No, I think, like, his ownership percentage is almost perfect. At, uh, at 64%. Can I, like, can we just go back to something earlier in the show? Your, your hints about Dustin Fowler, Heath, and saying 12 steals when eight of them were in AAA, like, that is so, that is so rude. He has 12 steals this year. Just, that's just, like, <laughs> honest lying. If that makes sense. It, it was, it was just factual. I it mean, was purpose, purposely manipulative. Yeah, there you go. He, he was not wanting us to guess it right. I guess not. I guess we, I thought we were friends. Uh, we well, actually, I, I don't know what made you do that. <laughs> I do think we covered most of the guys. If you didn't buy low on Ebon Encarnacion, you missed your chance. Uh, Austin Meadows sat Thursday and Friday, but then he homered on Saturday and he was in the lineup and they almost got no hit on Sunday. That's a fluid situation. More news. David Dahl's out six to eight weeks with a broken foot. Not, yeah, bad. Dustin Pedroia back on the DL with knee inflammation, guys. And Eduardo Nunez is finally hitting. What do you think? I mean, he's hitting singles. As soon as I dropped him. <laughs> I don't blame you. He's, uh, he's got to keep playing now that Dustin Pedroia is back on the DL. He actually started in place of Rafael Devers. And Brock Holt's been getting more playing time recently. But I think we, we all think Nunez is better than Holt. I just, like, if he's, he needs that, at least that 15 homer power, I think, to measure up in today's environment, because he's not like he's an elite base dealer. I don't know, a bunch of singles doesn't really get me excited. Well, that's the thing, is, I, the, the reason I was so excited about him in Roto is I kind of thought he was pretty elite in terms of base stealing. I mean, he had 24 last year in 114 games, he had 40 the year before, he's got three so far this year. That yeah, just, right. that crushes you, and he's striking out more, so, I'm not, I'm gonna to need to see a little bit more before I go rushing to Adam again. 
rushing to rushing to Adam again, like rushing to me, or rushing to add him again? Rushing to Adam to talk about <laughs> you know, him on the podcast. I I considered bringing up a terrible tweet of yours from yesterday before the podcast, and then I decided no, I'm not going to bring up this terrible tweet that you got ratioed on. And now you're making what does me that want to bring mean? It up. I got ratioed. Uh, ratio is when there are a lot more um, replies telling you how wrong you are than anything else. No, there are more likes. You talk about my tweet about the movie Get Out. By the way, we yes. were just talking about Eduardo Nunez. I think that might have gotten lost. No, Scott pointed out very appropriately that that tweet got more likes than anything. So I ratioed the hell out of that, Heathy. Also, I just yeah. offered you a new trade. I, I've enjoyed the quote tweets that I that pop up from people I follow. It's It's been enjoyable. I, get Out's just not good. I got 141 likes on it. It's just not a good movie. Like I just I didn't like it. I really didn't like it at all. It was it was the most average movie, and I know it was good social commentary, but just judge it on it being a movie. It's just not that good of a movie. Other than the social commentary, what's the what's the like about it? It's just I don't know, I think I think if you're not sure what to like about it, you should go back and read all the replies. There's plenty of things. No, being told th- there's no. Uh, so Luis Gohara, he'll he'll be back in the bullpen this week, but Atlanta eventually wants to move him to the rotation. Blake Snell, Jesus, he good. He tied an AL record. He started a game with seven straight strikeouts. Jeremy Hellickson left in the first inning with a hamstring injury. Matt Adams is day-to-day. C.J. Crone has a forearm contusion. Eric Thames is going to begin a rehab assignment today, so uh, that could uh, probably will impact Jesus Aguilar. We'll see. Aguilar's been very good. Carlos Rodon. So Rodon, they don't know. They have not committed to him coming back this week. He might need one more rehab start, so... Caution that's there. a guy you needed to be adding this weekend. Rodon. I knew there was somebody, and that's yeah. That's I, I'd also I also saw Mike Soroka had become available in a couple of leagues, so I put in in a 16 team league I was in. I put in big bids for both Soroka and Rodon, and won the boat. Mike Soroka, there you go, Scott. Addison Russell could miss a few days with a finger injury. I mentioned that. Teoscar Hernandez day to day. Andrew McCutcheon homered for the first time in 160 plate appearances. Christian Villanueva is day-to-day after fouling a ball off his ankle. And let's get to the pitchers from over the weekend. Studs being studs, part one. Jacob deGrom, 13 strikeouts in seven innings. He has a 149 ERA, 98 strikeouts in 72 and a third, and he has four wins. Uh, come on now. Jose <laughs> Barrios has been very good in his last four starts. 283 ERA, 14% swinging strike rate. Much more than a strikeout per inning. And seven and, seven and a third or more in three of those four starts for Barrios. David Price, nice start at Houston. Three runs on six hits, on, on five hits in six innings with seven strikeouts. Steven Strasburg, he was pretty studly. Gave up three runs, but no walks, ten strikeouts. We barely ever talk about Strasburg. Just kind of doing his thing. Uh, Blake Snell, six scoreless innings, two hits, 12 Ks. And Gio Gonzalez, like, I think I say it like every time he pitches. When are we going to start considering Gio Gonzalez to be a stud? He was top 12 or 15 last year. He's got a 227 ERA this year. He's just been great, and he's he's going deep into games now. Three straight starts of seven or more innings. So that's DeGrom, Barrios, Price, Strasburg, Snell, and Gio. Anyone you really want to talk about? Do we have – I was looking to see if we had any information on Strasburg and – for sure whether he was going to make his start this week. He left with a forearm cramp on Friday. I didn't see that. And they kind of have indicated that he's probably okay, but just something to keep in mind. Okay. As far as Gio Gonzalez goes, that was that was the main thing, that the innings you pointed out, him not pitching deep into games. He wasn't getting quality starts early this year because he'd keep falling short of six innings. But lately, he has gone deeper into games, and that's that's the biggest hurdle I think he he has to clear to uh, become just you know a very useful starting basically every week kind of guy to a, a high end pitcher. Uh, so we'll see if that continues. But you may have a point there. Yeah. Okay. There you go, Gio. Good, Good job. ground ball guy who also gets strikeouts. I mean, it's hard to complain about that. Is he the worst pitcher in this list? Degrom, Barrios, Price, Strasburg, Snell, Gio. He may be better than Price. Okay. Studs being studs part two. I guess the question is, are they studs? 
They're owned in more than 80% of leagues. That's why they're on this list. Jake Junis, Cole Hamels, Garrett Richards, Jamison Tyone, and I'm going to Tyler Skaggs. Junis, Hamels, Richards, Tyone, and Skaggs. Heath, are they studs? I would not call any of these guys studs, but they are all good starting pitchers to have in your rotation. They're not yep. guys that I'm necessarily trying to, other than maybe Hamels, I, I'd still probably try to st- sell Hamels. Um, but the rest of them, Tyone just frustrates the heck out of me. And this yeah, was a good start, but six strikeouts in eight innings. Good job. Like 12 swinging strikes is not a high number, but it's one of his highest this season. Uh, and he has recently introduced a slider to his arsenal, so that that could be what finally helps him turn the corner. But, yeah, I find it frustrating, too. I wish he pitched for the Astros. Yeah, Tyone. And, and Richards is extremely frustrating. I mean, he just had a brilliant start against the Rangers. Nine strikeouts, one unearned run in seven innings. Uh, only four quality starts this year for Garrett Richards. Yet he has a 325 ERA. I mean, he's had some really terrible starts. I can't figure this yeah. guy out. A lot of peaks and valleys there. Yep. Well, the stuff is, is, is brilliant. I mean, but he's like, erratic. The entire Angels rotation is pretty frustrating from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Uh, that right now, uh, Shohei Otani should have probably not have forgotten his name. Otani is now pitching Wednesdays instead of Sundays. And I love that. That's it, right. That's an underrated, really good thing for fantasy owners because you don't have to worry about him getting bumped back a day and, and not starting at all during your fantasy week. Which happened two or three times. Right. When he was on that Sunday track. <laughs> so so that's, that's cool. This is a big improvement. And then Jaime Berea just keeps getting sent back down. He comes up, he keeps doing well. And you might be able to stash him in like a, in a minor league spot, um, depending on your league, you know, throughout the week, which could, actually could be helpful. All right, let's uh, do some more pitchers. Studs being duds. Any concerns about Charlie Morton, Jake Arietta, or Nick Pavetta? They were duds over the weekend. Morton, Arietta, and Pavetta. My concerns about Arietta have been season long. Yeah. Well documented. Strikeout rate is way down. Swinging strikes uh, among the worst you'll see in baseball. So he's gotten it done because he's become more of like an extreme ground ball pitcher. But even those need to miss some bats. So I don't know. It wasn't a disastrous start. I I can't really toot my own horn after this kind of start. There needs to be an extended stretch of these kinds of starts. But of the three, he's the most concerning to me. So would you rather have Pavetta than Arietta? I'd still rather have Arietta, but it's getting close. All right. I think I'd rather have Pavetta. Okay. And we'd rather have Borden than both of them. Studs being something in between studs and duds. Chris Sale. Yeah, whatever. Mike Clevenger. Still having a good year, but three strikeouts, two homers allowed at Minnesota on Sunday, and 64 strikeouts and 77 and two-thirds for Clevenger. And that's out. He had a good May, though. He had a lot. He had more strikeouts than innings in May, so that was good. Um, Tyson Ross. Yeah, he's at Miami this week. You're going to start him. Luke Weaver. Five innings, one run, four strikeouts. It's okay. And Jay Happ, five innings, four runs, eight strikeouts. was okay. Sale, Clevenger, Ross, Weaver, and Happ. Who's the worst out of that group? Let's take away Sale. Who's the worst out of this group? Clevenger, Ross, Weaver, Happ. I think it's Weaver now. And I, I say think it that Hap. way because... Oh, you say you think it's Happ? Yeah, Happ and Ross, I think, are also in the discussion. But Weaver... Like, I feel like he's being handled like a traditional fifth starter where they don't let him pitch very deep. And, you know, he's not getting many swinging strikes. He didn't last year either, and it didn't matter, but it seems to be mattering now. And Heath, you'd rather have Weaver than Hap? I think I'd rather have Weaver than Hap. And I have gone back and forth and back and forth on Hap. So I reserve the right to change my opinion after his next start. But I, I just... The strikeout numbers are still phenomenal. Um, I'm not trusting. It's mostly on the four-seamer. I'd seen a report early in the year that it was a case of him pitching high in the zone with it. So there's there's an explanation behind the change in swinging strike rate there. 
But I don't know. I don't know if it's going to last either. I just I just think back to that stint with the Pirates that he had where he became a world beater like he's been this year. And it also relied a lot on his four-seam fastball usage. So we'll see. All right, Fringy starting pitchers part one. I want your top three from this list. Gosman, Velasquez, Felix Hernandez, Caleb Smith, Trevor Cahill, Marco Gonzalez, and Aaron Sanchez. Gosman, Velasquez, King Felix, King Caleb Smith, Trevor Cahill, Marco Gonzalez, Aaron Sanchez. Favorite and least favorite, you said? No, top three. Top three, okay. I will go Velasquez, Gosman, and Caleb Smith. I will go Velasquez, Gosman, and Marco Gonzalez. Velasquez, Gosman, Marco Gonzalez, Velasquez, Gosman, Caleb Smith. Okay, Velasquez number one there. I don't have anybody in Fringy Starting Pitchers Part 2, the 50 to 64% owned group. I don't know why. It's like a black hole um, of starting pitcher. And Part 3, yeah, yeah. Can I mention something for Felix Hernandez? The first inning thing? No. He threw more change-ups yesterday than any other pitch. If you combine all the types of fastballs he throws, he had like nine more change-ups, which I find interesting because change-ups obviously is best pitch. But if it's your lead pitch, it's not a changeup anymore, right? It's a bad right. fastball. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I noticed in his last start, and I didn't, I haven't seen the numbers from yesterday, but for the season, he has a 4.4 mile per hour difference in his changeup and fastball. I, I don't think any of us really like Felix Hernandez, but I guess if he can fix his first inning problems, he's just so bad in the first inning. Then I, I, I guess he's probably pretty good in the other innings, but none of us are giving a hearty endorsement of Felix Hernandez. All right, how about these fringy starting pitchers? There are a lot of them. I'll, I'll put them in two groups. Group number one, Steven Matz, Kyle Gibson, Yolisha Seen, and Nick Kingham. Steven Matz, Kyle Gibson, Shasin, and Kingham. Do you want any of those guys? Um, Who do they Gibson's face this week? the one I want the most. Gibson has the Angels this week. Matz has the Yankees. Shasin is at Philadelphia, and Kingham is at the Cubs. Gibson has five quality starts in his last six. Yeah, I think I agree that Gibson's the one that's the least likely to hurt you. Uh, I don't really feel good about starting him against the Angels. All right, next group. Matt Boyd, Matt Cook, Brandon McCarthy, Lance Lynn, Chad Cool. Matt Boyd, Matt Cook, Brandon McCarthy, Lance Lynn, Chad Cool. Do you want any of those guys? Not really. Uh, no. Lynn, I, Lynn I've stashed in a few leagues. Yeah, because he's been a little better lately. The control is obviously still bad in this start, even though it was a quality start and he gave up only two hits. Uh, but I think it was his third quality start in a row. And when he's at his best, he's a quality start machine. So I think in some deeper leagues, just in the hope he's starting to get back on track, I've I've I've, I've made a move to pick him up. Yes, and then finally we have Zach Wheeler, Jaime Berea, Chris Stratton, and Mike Leak. Oh, these I'd actually missed yeah. that Berea got sent back down, and I, I would have been pretty interested in just having him in my roster and using him as a streamer, but there's another guy on this list that's probably better for that, and that's Mike Leak. He gets the raise this week. You're probably going to start him against them, so I, I'd say Leak. Yeah, I just think with Berea, I mean, he only gets sent down for roster management. He always gets brought back up, right? I don't well, know. he will get brought back up, but if he's not going to be brought back up for another 10 days, I'm not going to hold him for that long. Is yeah. that what it is? It has it's, to be 10 days? Yeah. Unless there's somebody who goes on the DL or maybe some other. I'm, I'm not sure if, like, bereavement stuff applies to that. I, I don't know. But definitely if somebody goes on the DL, he can brought back, be brought back sooner than that. Uh, but, it's yeah, it's frustrating because I feel like he's pretty good. I feel like he's the best of this group. Just it's hard to know when to start him. Okay. In deep leagues, anyone you want here? Anibal Sanchez, Tyler Malley, Brent Suter, Frankie Montas, Clay Buckholtz, James Shields, Sanchez, Malley, Suter, Montas, Buckholtz, Shields. Montas is the most interesting to me, but like I said earlier, it's not like he's a high-priority pickup. All right, and then Heath, I'll give you the super deep leagues. Mike Montgomery, Blaine Hardy, Andrew Suarez, Derek Rodriguez, Dylan Covey. Mike Montgomery, Blaine Hardy. Andrew Suarez, Derek Rodriguez, Dylan Covey. I think both Suarez and Rodriguez could be interesting just as kind of a reverse course type pitcher where you're just using them at home. Yeah, and I'll point out, we had the email our last week said, Andrew Suarez, is Sierra's pretty good, 
And we had another emailer like a month ago say the same thing about Marco Gonzalez, and we all, you know, kind of want Marco Gonzalez now. Andrew Suarez is 5% owned. He went uh, to the University of Miami, which is my alma mater, so I like him for that. And uh, he's got eight walks of 42 strikeouts and 43 and two-thirds at Washington this week. Ugh, that might be tough. Mm-hmm. All right. He I'll... deserves to be more than 5% owned. Okay. Andrew Definitely. Suarez. So I want to get into today's matchups to end the show, but first I want to read some emails real quick. Bob from Pennsylvania. Dear Mo, Larry, Curly, and Shemp, if present. He's not present. Uh, 7 by 7 league. Would you drop either Trey Mancini and or Franchi Cordero for any of these guys? Cattell Marte, Max Muncy, Carlos Gonzalez, Hunter Renfro, Yuli Gurriel, and Dustin Fowler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd drop, I'd drop Mancini. Like, if you're not stand, if you're not stashing Cordero in a DL spot, I guess you could drop him too. But, um, I'd drop either of them for Muncie at this point. And Guriel and Fowler are also in the discussion if you need batting average or steals. Okay. Yeah, I think I would drop Munce, Mancini or Cordero, or and Cordero, and I would go get Yuli, Muncie, or Fowler, two of the three. This is Lance B from New Orleans. For this week, Soto or Soler? For this week, let me pull my matchups. Yeah, I don't, I know Soler only faces one good pitcher all week. He's got a couple of lefties on the schedule. I don't know what Soto's schedule is. Yeah, Soto's schedule, he's, he has one of the five day schedules and it looks like four lefties. So. I'd go Soler. Yeah, me too. Yeah, actually Soler's my top sleeper hitter this week. I don't know why I didn't put that out. (laughs) He's my top sleeper hitter. And at RP, Sean Doolittle or a two-start Joe Musgrove? <clears throat> Musgrove. I would go with a two-start Joe Musgrove. Josh in Toronto needs steals. He says, hey, Richie, Fonzie, and Potsy. Is that happy days? Yep. Yep. Uh, who's better for my utility spot, Travis Jankowski or Nick Markakis? He says I need steals, which... You know, depending on how much you need steals, that could tip the scales in Jankowski's favor. He provides them. Markakis doesn't. But I think Markakis is so superior overall that nine times out of ten, he'd, he'd be who I'd start. Yeah, I'd probably start Markakis and try to find steals somewhere else. This is from Jack. Dear Ricky, Julian, Bubbles, and Leahy. I think that is the Pet Shop Boys or something. Or uh, No, the Trailer Park Boys. Pet Shop Boys are, are that band, right? That's saying... Pet shop boys. Chris it's isn't on this show. East End boys yeah. and West End girls. Is that them or something? Or I don't, I don't know. Who Sounds hell. like something he'd know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they pet shop boys are terrible. Uh, the question is, who do I drop when Eaton and Cespedes come off the DL? Uh, okay, Stanton, Judge, Brantley, Upton, Cruz, Abreu, and Hosmer. Would you drop any of them to make room for Eaton and Cespedes? Hosmer. I, yeah, Hosmer, but then, like, Hosmer, I think, is kind of the, well, I, I don't know. Is Hosmer better than Eaton and Cespedes? I think they're all in the same range. The fact that Hosmer has the best health, I might just drop Eaton and Cespedes. Eaton's, Eaton's exciting enough that I could see dropping Hosmer instead. But I, I hate that, I hate that you have to make that move without seeing without being totally sure that Eaton is back to being healthy and effective. I just don't really think in a 10 team league like that you're going to miss Eric Hosmer. Maybe not. Do you know how much I, mean, I hate hit the song West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys? I just want to throw that in there. And now we'll move to the next one. Nick from Chicago. Should I trade Kyle Seeger or Jake Lamb for Robbie Ray in a 14 team OBP league? Yeah. Who? For sure. Which one? The Seeger or I'd Lamb? I'd rather trade Lamb. Yep. Alrighty. So uh, we got five games today. One's a doubleheader. We're going to start Severino and sit Verhagen. Uh, are we going to start either Domingo Herman or Mike Fires? Yankees at Tigers. I'd start Herman. I'd start neither. Danny Duffy, Nick Tropiano. I would start neither. Nope. Oh, boy. I'm the only one starting Duffy this week. Julio Tehran at Clayton Richard. I would start Tehran. I think Tehran is a very not good pitcher. But at San Diego is a place where he should be okay. I might have to take Danny Duffy out of my lineup. So I'm getting nervous. Uh, Zach Godley or Derek Holland? Derek Godley. Uh huh. That was easy. 
going to be a fun show tomorrow. We're going to have anything we in the world that we want to talk about tomorrow. It's a blank slate. Bring your ideas. Thank you for listening, everybody. For Heath and for Scott. Team Scam forever. See ya.